What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, Ariana Huffington sits down with our own Andrew Ross Sorkin. One of the fundamental delusions that has been driving us all, which is that in order to be successful, we basically need to be on all the time. I think that's going to be completely sacrificed. The businesswoman, author, and co-founder of the Huffington Post shares her vision for life on the job after the coronavirus pandemic. I think the future of work is going to change and the future of life is going to change. Plus, Ariana's secrets to unplugging, even when work, home, and leisure are all in the same place. Now, it's actually more important than ever at some point to disconnect from screens and reconnect with ourselves. It's Friday, April 10th, 2020. Squawk Pod begins right after this. Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC. If working from home is your new normal, you're not alone. Myself, the majority of the team here at CNBC, and millions of other people across the country are with you. In spirit, of course. Despite social distancing, or maybe because we're also isolated, the show, or in this case the conference, must go on. To that end, we're bringing you a conversation from CNBC's first virtual event, At Work, Leadership and Management Amid Crisis, earlier this month. On today's Squawk Pod, Andrew Ross Sorkin discusses the future of work at home and beyond with Ariana Huffington. You can hear more CEOs, executives, and thought leaders comment on this same issue on the CNBC Events podcast. That is called The Keynote, and you should check it out. A quick refresher on Ariana Huffington. She's the CEO and founder of Thrive Global, a media and consulting company that helps corporations support their employees' overall well-being. She co-founded The Huffington Post, and she's authored over a dozen books on a whole range of things, from feminism to corporate America to politics. But since 2007, Ariana's mission has been to connect well-being and performance. The world is facing a stress and burnout epidemic as well, and she says maybe we should give ourselves a break. Here's Andrew Ross Sorkin with author and entrepreneur Ariana Huffington. And keep in mind, like everything else nowadays, this conversation happened remotely. We are all trying to figure out what the new version of work-life balance is. And if there's one expert in the world on work-life balance, it is Ariana Huffington. So thank you for joining us uh, this afternoon. Um, You're in Los Angeles. I'm in Connecticut. Uh, Let's just talk about how well the work-life balance is going, because I'll tell you right now, I'm not even sure what day it is, and the weekend has blended to the week, and uh, I don't think there's any balance, at least going on in this household. 
Well, you have younger children than I have, so your life is harder. Working from home with young children is hard. At Thrive, we've created an entire track to help parents uh, working from home with young children. My children are out of college. I'm very lucky that they are here with me. Um, but they are actually adding to my life by cooking, doing laundry, and things like that. The main thing for me has been managing uh, all our Thrive employees scattered uh, all around the world. And I love what Laszlo said. Empathy is a, a primary a qualification for leadership right now. But also, um, Andrew, a lot of the things that you and I have talked about, a lot of the things that Thrive is about, how can we show up at work uh, really uh, recharged and connected with our own wisdom, with our own uh, sense of creativity and empathy are now indispensable. They are not any longer just nice things to have. Because when we are frazzled, when we are exhausted, it's super hard to be empathetic. And it's very hard to be creative and deal with the growing stresses of living in these very uncertain times beyond our own um, stresses. We also are reading constantly about the latest coronavirus deaths, the latest deaths, the latest uh, stock market drops. So all that adds to that generic atmosphere of stress. And in that uh, survey that we are doing with Qualtrics and SAP every day um, to track the experiences of employees, we see different stages. When you begin working from home, um, the second week when a lot of the problems start setting in, ranging from aches and pains because you've been working from your couch to the COVID-19, you know, putting on weight because you're stress eating and your refrigerator is too close, to moving now for many of us to the third week when you create new structures. And we are tracking that every day. And it's actually free. Any company can uh, join us in taking the survey in the same way that the Qualtrics uh, uh, remote work pulse is free. And now, employers find they need more data than ever to manage well. Okay, so tell us a couple of the strategies, successful strategies that either you're employing or you've heard others are employing uh, for those managers and executives and CEOs who are watching us now that maybe they should be employing to help deal with the, their employee base. Great. We have um, three tracks, and we are very happy to make them available pro bono. This is the time to help each other. The first one is a combination of micro steps, tiny daily incremental steps and content that backs up the micro steps with all the scientific data. And the first one is around how can you help yourself and your physical immunity and mental resilience. We have all the data that shows that building our own immunity is going to be critical in um, dealing with the virus if we're exposed to it and in determining how serious it's going to be. And unfortunately, all the same things that we've been talking about that are important in normal times, sleep, avoiding sugar, moving, and avoiding a barrage of negative thoughts are now more important than ever and harder than ever. So we have micro steps to help here. And let me just give you a couple. Um, one is 
big um, cut-off point when you start consuming CNBC, the Huffington Post, CNN, and all the latest coronavirus news. Because if there is no cut-off point and you go from a stressful piece of news, and that's hard to avoid, to trying to turn off the light and going to sleep, it's going to be much harder to go to sleep. And the second point is uh, to recognize that it takes 60 seconds to actually course correct from stress. Stress is unavoidable in the best of times, especially now. So all of us are getting stressful news throughout the day. Instead of just going from one Zoom meeting or WebEx meeting to another, take literally 60 seconds to breathe deeply and consciously and course correct. It sounds very simple, it's meaningful, and it makes a real difference, and it takes 60 seconds, so it's not too long. The second track we have is working remote, working from home, and micro steps to deal with that. Uh, people are having a super hard time moving. So create an alarm where you get up every hour, and even if you just move around your desk, or take. Um, make some of your calls to be real calls so that you can take them while walking, some strategies uh, that actually help you move. And the second thing, I mean, there are, we have dozens of micro steps, but I'll mention two in each track. The second thing is to create an account accountability body at work where you support each other. Um, so you check in on each other. Have you moved today? How many Oreo cookies have you had? Um, have you thought of swapping some of your sugary favorites with something else? And again, micro steps and support. Uh, our third track is specifically for leaders because leadership is more important than ever. And yet leaders are now more stressed than ever. I have had uh, many webinars with uh, um, the Global Management Committee at Accenture, with leaders at Salesforce, etc. And a lot of the things that we hear in normal times, like I'm working 24-7, I'm always on, I can't disconnect, there's so much on my plate, are now uh, almost universal. So we need a, a new playbook of leadership. The first micro step here is a mindset shift. We need to stop believing that in order to be a great leader, um, we need to be on 24-7 because that's almost a recipe for not being a great leader because the first thing that disappears uh, when we are depleted is our creativity and our ability to innovate in moments of crisis like that. And so... A uh, second micro step for leaders is remember, everything may appear urgent, but not everything has the same urgency. Uh, being able to prioritize between what is truly important for the business, for your employees, and what appears incredibly urgent. Okay, so I have a different question for you, which is you and I have talked for many years about screen time. We've talked about screen time in the context of children, uh, we can talk about that, but we've also talked about it in the context of ourselves. And uh, many years ago, you gave me a little bed where I was going to put my phone before I go to bed so it would stay out of my room so I would go to sleep without the blue light and all of that. We can talk about that. But I want to know in this world, now that the only way to really have 
genuine, I don't even know if it's genuine, but human interaction, the interaction that we're doing now requires screens and basically screens all day. So has your view of screens changed at all? No, not really. I mean, uh, we've always loved screens for all the good things that technology can bring in our lives. But now it's actually more important than ever at some point to disconnect from screens and reconnect with ourselves. It really goes back to a fundamental philosophical truth, um, which is that all of us, um, of whatever religion, nationality, etc., have, by virtue of our birthright, a place of wisdom, peace, and strength in us. We need to tap into that place more than ever right now in order to deal with this crisis. And uh, that means taking some time away from screens to connect to that place. And I love reading um, biographies of great leaders uh, in moments of crisis to be inspired by. And, of course, as you know, um, because we've talked about that, Andrew, Marcus Aurelius is my all-time favorite because he was the emperor of Rome for 19 years and he dealt with plagues and invasions and betrayals and he made a point every day of reconnecting with that part of himself, writing about it in a book called Meditations that I highly recommend for any leader uh, watching. Uh, or read um, Churchill's biography, um, any one of them, about his power naps. Again, he took time to power nap and recharge in order to make the best decision. Okay, I have a different question. Should workers who are working from home be expected to work a typical workday, 9 to 5, 9 to 6, 8 to 5, whatever that day is, or should managers be flexible about the work hours and how do you do it if you're trying to, if you have to do it idiosyncratically for each employee individually? I'm dealing right now with uh, online Zoom school with my children. And, you know, every other day they seem to either be done at, uh, you know, 2.30 like normal or all of a sudden they're done at 11 o'clock in the morning where now they need help with their homework. Things that um, happened but typically happened at night in the past. So I think, what we need to give all employees is cultural permission to speak up and tell us what they need. And that means if your child suddenly needs you um, because of what happens in your life, Andrew, or because they're not feeling well, then that employee needs to feel that they have the permission to reach out to their manager and say that they will be offline for whatever reason. But once we give that cultural permission, then the onus is on each employee to speak up and ask for what they need. Uh, if they need to talk to someone, because even before this crisis, we're, we're dealing with the ravages of a mental health crisis. Now that's accelerating because the levels of anxiety are skyrocketing. So if they want to talk to someone, we have made our lead facilitator available uh, that they can talk to. We have launched a big program called Thriving Mind in partnership with Stanford to all 500,000 Accenture employees, for example. 
So giving them the resources to deal with growing anxiety and the permission to speak up and express whatever it is that they're going through. Uh, let me ask you a different question. It's really about the future of work, and it's, it's really something that's come up in so many of the other conversations, which is, are you a believer that the future of work is going to fundamentally change, that this remote uh, Zoom experience or, or WebEx experience that we're having now is the future of work? And I want to read you something that, that we found before I, I came to talk to you, uh, which was an old quote from Steve Jobs. Uh, before he passed away, he said, there's a temptation in our networked age to think that ideas can be developed by email and iChat. Remember iChat? That's crazy, he says. Creativity comes from spontaneous meetings, from random discussions. You run into someone, you ask them how they're doing, you say, wow, and soon you're cooking up some ideas. And so I wonder whether the future of work really is going to change and whether it can change. I think the future of work is going to change and the future of life is going to change. And um, part of what Steve Jobs said about how the best ideas come up, um, in another context, he also said that his best ideas came after meditation. And many of us, even if um, we don't meditate, can testify to the fact that our best ideas come in the shower or while fly fishing, or basically while we're disconnected from our screens and all the ways in which we are hyper-connected in our modern life. So I think during this period, because unfortunately um, through crisis uh, come some new opportunities and some new and much needed ways to relate to each other, so when we are out of this, as Andrew Cuomo actually said, we are not going back to normal. We are going to a new normal, and uh, both at work and in life. And one of the fundamental delusions that has been driving us all, which is that in order to be successful, we basically need to be on all the time, I think that's going to be completely sacrificed because we are all seeing much more clearly the price we pay for that. Two other very quick questions, and then I'll, I'll, I'll let you go to your next Zoom call. What are the key signs, and this is important actually for any manager out there, actually, or any other employee, to watch for remotely, now that we're doing remotely, indicating that someone is in trouble from a mental health perspective, especially given these difficult times and challenging times we're in? Well, first of all, I think really looking at them and uh, looking into their eyes, you know, it's interesting because... We can actually really look into each other's eyes um, uh, in these uh, Zoom or WebEx calls. We're working with uh, Cisco, Andrew, so I have to keep mentioning WebEx, you understand? Yes. <laughs> uh, so um, it's uh, really important to really look and really listen to what they're saying and to what they're not saying. And that, again, requires us not to be depleted because when you, we are depleted ourselves, we're going to miss all these signs because very often they can be very subtle. Very often it's what's not being said um, that managers need to be listening for. And uh, that's now more important than ever. Here is what is actually really good news, that if this, uh, if we're in this crisis in 2008, when we we're in the financial crisis, we would not have as managers the tools to deal with that effectively. But between 2008 and now, there's been so much discussion around mental health, destigmatizing it, 
opening up the conversation that managers are much more prepared to deal with the levels of stress, anxiety, and mental health signs by their employees. Um, Ariana, I want to thank you so very much for joining us. I also want to tell you, because you've been on me about my sleep for a very long time, that the good news is that I'm sleeping probably a good extra half hour a, a day because I do the morning show. I come downstairs, so there's no commute. When, when, yes. when hopefully we can go outside, the basement situation may be still okay. Exactly. You, you look great, sound great. Why not? You look great and sound great, and we appreciate it. Stay safe and healthy out there. Really appreciate it. And thank you to the Keynote Podcast from CNBC Events. If you are interested in hearing more one-on-one candid conversations with business visionaries from our live event series, please check out the Keynote available on your favorite podcast apps. And for more about our events, go to cnbcevents.com. We'll be right back. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Methane management is a critical part of achieving a lower carbon future. Chevron is taking action to keep methane in the pipe. Their 2028 upstream methane intensity target is set to be 53% below the 2016 baseline. They're committed to evolving facility designs and operating practices. And they've trialed over 13 advanced detection technologies, including drones and satellites. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash methane. And that's Squawk Pod for today. Thank you for sticking with us another week. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. They are their own camera operators, audio technicians, and hair and makeup teams these days. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern and subscribe to Squawk Pod wherever you listen. We are on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, all for free. Have a good weekend, and we'll meet you back here on Monday. Until then, stay well. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. FedEx.